I think that people really need to buy into you and who you are and like you in order to want to buy into what you have. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here and Today in the guest chair, we have Michaela Pabon, the founder of the statement-making athleisure brand Dressed in Joy. Michaela is a Brooklyn-based wife, mom of two, Hawaiian dancer, print designer, and content creator. And six years ago, she started an online boutique that she loved, all while working a nine-to-five. From events to international photo shoots to going to major buying conferences and investing in Australian brands for her boutique, She was ready for success, but that online boutique ended up being a failure. And Michaela thought that she would have to let go of her fashion dreams. That was until she did a complete shift and decided to design a style of hoodie that she had never seen before. Something bright, something colorful that brought instant joy upon seeing it. So she did. She designed that hoodie and that hoodie led to an influx of orders. Soon, Michaela was shipping out of her bedroom, and she did that until she was finally selling enough to get her own office. One product got her her own office. And in today's episode, you'll hear how Michaela went from closing one business to opening another wildly successful one by completely scaling down. You'll also hear how she was able to leave her full-time job to focus on Dressed and Joy full-time, all under amazing terms. And you'll also hear how Instagram Reels helped her to 10x her audience in a short space of time. And you'll hear why she believes that no matter the obstacle, when it's meant to be yours, it will be. And that all things are possible with belief and hard work. Fun fact, Michaela and I met almost five years ago at a creative conference. And of course, we hit it off because of our similar names. She told me about her boutique at that time, and we kept in touch via Instagram. And it has been really inspiring to watch her grow an entirely new business and flourish. So, of course, I had to get her in the guest chair to talk about this transition and to talk about everything she's gone through over the last six years. Let's get right into it. What was your first experience with side hustling? Why did you start and what were you doing? So I've always wanted to own a boutique. It's just kind of been something that I've always wanted to do but never thought I would be able to do just kind of you know the way you grow up sometimes with older parents and like you get a job 401k benefits you know um so I one day I was just like you know what this is what I want to do I'm gonna do it I didn't feel like I need a needed a whole lot of money saved up so I started talking to people and just started my own boutique it's started off with me going to trade shows and really searching for brands that fit my aesthetic. I've always been into colors and prints and I really wanted a shop that was seasonless. So pieces that can be worn in December if you're on vacation in the Caribbean or when you're in summer in New York. So I chose lots of colors and prints, mostly from Australian brands and It just started as a hobby, and I guess it really stayed a hobby because I didn't really make a whole lot of money. But yeah, that's how it started. 
drew you to the, you know, you you make it sound, I don't want to say easy, but like when I think <laughs> of starting an online boutique, being a buyer and getting clothes and then putting them on sale, that sounds really complicated to me. So how did you get an insight into this world and know that this is something you could do? Okay, so little secret, not a secret, but my husband has worked in the fashion industry for close to 20 years now. He has been in marketing in the men's fashion, urban fashion space since the 90s. Um, so he was very helpful in just kind of giving me an inside knowledge of this is the trade show that you should probably go to. This is how you talk to buyers. Um, he was very, very helpful in guiding me in the right direction. Oh, fun fact. I did not know that. Yes. And when you think about trade shows, too, you think, OK, this is business to business. This is where the major brands are going to yeah. get their next season's hot and fresh stuff so as you go in there as an individual what was that experience it was intimidating because the brands that i wanted weren't you know your average run-of-the-mill brands that you could find anywhere these were brands that were selling at stores like nordstrom at where else are they selling they were selling at some pretty heavy places and but i wanted them because I felt like they were completely different from what I, had, what I had seen in other online boutiques. And I didn't want to have the same feel as other online boutiques. So I decided, let me just go in there. I'm going to dress nicely <laughs> and I'm going to talk to them the way that my husband told me to talk to them. So, you know, just be very direct, ask any questions that you have, right. you know what information they're going to ask. He gave me information about, okay, maybe they'll ask you for packs or ask if you want a pack. They'll ask you if you want to purchase individual sizes. A lot of brands ask you to buy a certain amount. So you have to have a, you know, $2,500 minimum purchase or a $1,000 minimum purchase in order to even buy anything from them. So I went in there prepared with that knowledge and it actually made me a lot more confident because I was like super nervous before having that conversation with my husband. And how long did you have this side hustle? Ugh too long <laughs> I, no I really did I just held I on for so long because I felt like I felt like it was part of my identity it what's mm -hmm. made me special mm -hmm. and it didn't you know and so I held on to it even though I literally did not make any profit I started in 2015 and I let it go officially officially let it go and like the fall of 2018 and I'm like you know what I don't need this to be a part of me in order to be me I just love that you are so honest about that a lot of us hold on to things for too long because we just mm -hmm. we want to make it work and we also hear the advice right like it's gonna be hard don't give right. up like how do you know when you're supposed to like let it go you know yeah. you really it's, know? it's really hard to it's really hard to know that it's supposed to that you're supposed to let it go because you're thinking like this is part of the process it's, it's, yeah it's supposed to be hard yeah if you're not supposed to make money your first year. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of what people tell you. But it had been four from each child. So I was, <laughs> you know what? 
<laughs> right? They, they say the first year, not not all four. But right. <laughs> and why do you think you weren't making money? Like looking back, knowing what, and we'll get into your, you know, your new business, but knowing what you know now, what what do you think were some of the reasons that you weren't making money? I think a big reason was that I came out of the gate too fast. So hmm. I felt like I needed to cover all categories. I needed to have pants and dresses and tops and skirts. And I needed to have lots of them in the shop for people to believe that I was a real business. Like that was my, literally my thinking. And no, that was 100% wrong. I, I went way too hard, too fast. And then after those, some of those pieces sold and I'm like, okay, well, people are tired of seeing this stuff on the site. If they're not buying this, then maybe they'll buy the new stuff. So then I bought a whole new set of stuff. And it's just like, you know, I was just doing too much basically. And while you were doing this, you were obviously working full time. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that path. So what was your initial career path and were you drawn to doing that as well? Or was it just kind of something that you fell into? So my initial career path was in IT and my father kind of pushed me into it and initially I didn't love it Um, but then I fell into something that I loved. I just kind of fell into working with databases and it just became something that I was really intrigued by. So I went to school, I got a little more training on databases and then I was able to get a job shortly after as a database administrator. And um, that's kind of where my career was for uh, maybe 15 years, just working in, in the IT world for a really long time. Then at the same time, you've had this desire since you were eight to be yes. a designer. So how did you reconcile those two parts of your brain? I didn't. It never occurred to me that I could own a business because... I'd never seen it. No one in my family owned a business. My father didn't think that a fashion was a real business to have or to be in. So I just wore clothes that I loved. And that was pretty much the extent of it for me at that point. Did you also have limiting beliefs around the ability to even be in fashion if you can't draw, for example? Like, Oh my gosh, that started extremely young perfect Perfect. 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 so when i said i wanted to be a designer i said that in my head i would watch these fashion shows at night i would watch um i don't know if you remember but they'd show these fashion shows with like techno house music and it would just be just shows Mm -hmm. back to back to back and i would watch those shows at night i would watch like house of style on mtv um And just be like, man, I want to be in this world. I really want to be in this world, but not really knowing how I would ever do it because I can't draw. That was my thinking. I can't draw. How am I ever going to be a designer if I can't draw anything and I can't go to school for it? Dad won't let me go to school for it. So, okay, well, then that's it. And just kind of let it go. Like, it's never going to happen. Yeah. And I, th- I know so many of us relate to that right there. The like, the not being able to figure out, or I won't even say figure out because we can't figure it out. It's just the not being able to envision how mm. this will work. How could this possibly happen? Prevents a lot of us from going after it. It's like, um, how 
know, how is that going to work? <laughs> I went exactly. to school for this. How am I going to do that? But that's the beauty of side hustling, right? So <laughs> what gave you the courage to even finally pursue this online boutique business, which the reason we're talking about this is because it really did lay the groundwork for what mm-hmm. you're doing now. It really did. I think it was just finally, I want to do this. So I'm going to do it. Sounds crazy, but literally I was just like, I really want to do this. And my mm-hmm. husband's like, okay, so let's do it. Let's figure let's it out. Do it. So, all right, four years in, you finally let that one go. You let the business go. And at the time, I'm sure you thought of it as a failure, but what gave you the courage to try your hand at fashion again? I have to start with saying, I didn't intend for the business I have now to be a business. And why is that? Because I was really just designing something that I wanted and didn't see in the market. So I'm like, you know what? I really want this kind of hoodie. So I'm going to work on designing that and see how I like it. That was all that it started as. It was just kind of something that I wanted. So I'm like, okay, let me just design it. I'll get it back. I'll wear it. I'll love it. That was it. I didn't expect so many people to also love it. So knowing what you've experienced in the past, what did you do differently this time? This time I listened to the advice that I gave (laughs) earlier, which was, to not go ham. I had the one hoodie in five sizes, six sizes, and that was it. That was literally the only thing I sold when I launched because I felt like if you have too many choices, well, that's how I feel now. Having too many choices, people are going to not know what to buy, get distracted, and then leave. So Starting with the one hoodie made it easy because you want the hoodie, you buy the hoodie. It was just kind of an easy way to jump into something without putting in too much, honestly, too much effort. This sounds so smart and it it makes a lot of sense. I think the natural human instinct is just to give people a little variety. How do you know how to pace out your product mix so that you are being smart, not taking on too much product, but at the same time giving people something to choose from? Well, I didn't know initially. I say I started with the hoodie because that was all I had at the time and I didn't want to do too much. And then slowly it was like, oh, let's add joggers. Oh, let's add a cropped t-shirt. Oh, let's add a tank top. Oh, let, you know, I started adding more things and slowly started taking those things away. When I'm seeing what doesn't sell, when I'm seeing what people aren't responding to, then I start to take, take things away. Now let's talk about the investment side of things. I'm interested to know the first go around, what did that look like as far as buying? Buying to me sounds so intense. It sounds like so money intense as well. So what did that look like the first go around versus this go around in terms of, you know, if you want to give us a ballpark of like, what does it cost to invest in buying product for an online boutique versus starting out with one product and going from there? Okay, so... 
I was, like I said, I was extra. I was so extra with <laughs> what <laughs> I went too far. So I really wanted these Australian brands. So I wanted like Cameo Collective and Finders Keepers, like these really fancy brands. Mm-hmm. Who they retailed probably from about seventy to like two hundred and fifty dollars. So their wholesale prices were considerably higher than if you would go to like the fashion district in LA or someplace like that. So I can't even remember what my initial investment was, but I want to say it was between five to seven k, which is I, it was way too much. It was way too much. I did not need to spend that much money, but like I said, me, me and Miss Leo, they kind of needed to have everything for everybody, and it had to be the flyest stuff. Like, no, it was too much. Versus this time around, I went with my investment was hiring a designer to help me put my design on a canvas because at that time another limiting mindset I didn't think I could do it myself Mm. so I worked with the designer to help me do that so paying for that and then really just paying for the first hoodie in the shipping which was less than forty dollars so 5k versus forty dollars I think I think I did a pretty good job there. I think so too. <laughs> so I find it interesting that, you know, with the first business, we talked about things not selling. And when it comes down to what's selling, it comes down to customers, right? So right. what was the difference between how you marketed the first business to how you are marketing Dressed in Joy? Do you think that there's a difference there that's also resulting in the difference in success? There is a huge difference because prior to launching Just Enjoy, I wasn't really talking about my own personal style on my Instagram. It was just kind of like, oh, here, I have these clothes, buy them. They're really cute. You should, you should want them. And that's not enough. I think that people really need to buy into you and who you are and like you in order to want to buy into what you have. So... I started building my brand, not with the intention of my personal brand, not with the intention of starting a business, but it was just something I wanted to do. I wanted to start working with other brands and creating content for them. So I started working on that and building that up. And with that, I was showing people my style and I was showing people how I use colors and prints and how I infuse those things into my wardrobe every single day. And it made sense for me to make this kind of hoodie because it was like, wow, this is Michaela. This hoodie is like Michaela on a shirt. So because people liked me and bought into me, not bought into, but they liked my style and the way that I put things together, it was just kind of an easy way to go, oh, I can't, maybe I can't put those prints together like she does, but I can buy that hoodie. Yes. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being your own boss, 
but trying to figure out your financials on your own isn't one of those things. Luckily, there's FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like you. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices to organizing expenses to managing online payments and automates and simplifies them, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. FreshBooks has your back at tax time, too. With a ton of reports to choose from, you'll know exactly where your business stands and you can easily hand the keys over to your accountant so they can take over when it's time to reconcile everything for the year. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and enter side hustle pro in the how did you hear about us section and get more time back to build the business you love. This episode of Side Hustle Pro is brought to you by Gabby. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, Travelers. On average, Gabby customers save $961 per year. That's why when me and Moyo were shopping for insurance, we checked out Gabby. And it's a very straightforward and quick process. You can either input your insurance information or link your current insurance account. And in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have. So that's what I had to do. I had to input my information, including my current insurance provider. And Gabby provided several quotes for that cost comparison. So I went to Gabby to find out how much we could save, and I ended up finding out that we were already getting the best deal. So if Gabby can't find you savings, they'll just let you know so you can relax knowing you have the best rate out there. And they promise to never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls, okay? No one has time to be overpaying on car or home insurance when we can be using those funds to invest in ourselves and into our side hustle. So see how much Gabby can save you. It's free to check out. There's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash hustle pro. That's spelled G-A-B-I dot com slash hustle pro. Gabby.com slash hustle pro. You're so right about that because, you know, we met and we started following each other. I definitely admire your style. And I'm like, oh, that's so vibrant. How does she do that? I could never do that. <laughs> like, oh, that wouldn't, I wouldn't have that flair. Like it wouldn't come together the same way. How does she think about this? How does she come up with that? And, but then, yeah, when you see a hoodie, you're like, oh, this is an accessible way. This seems like something that I can do without having mm -hmm. to like think through like, oh, what blazer combination. And you know, what's funny, what intimidates me too, thrifting. When people are like, uh -huh. oh, I just thrifted. I'm like, what? <laughs> I go in and I see racks of old clothes and I walk back. <laughs> I you know what the secret is to thrifting? The, I don't have the eyes. What you, is have to, you have to start <laughs> with what you need. Uh -huh. So, Every single time I go into the thrift store, the first place I start is blazers okay. because they always have great blazers. Mm. So if you don't look at anything else, mm -hmm. look at the blazers. You will okay. always find something there. <laughs> now let's talk about the transition, the pivot, the big oh. pivot. Um, last year was crazy for the airline industry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, next thing I know, I've seen you make an announcement that you are a full-time entrepreneur now. Yes. Tell us about that journey. What happened? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, and honestly, it started probably a year and a half before that. 
where I hated my job. I could not stand my boss. <laughs> so evil. Like I really oh, I hated no. it. And I was like, you know what? They just need to offer me a package and pay me a little bit of money and let me have my flight benefits forever. And I'll be happy. Just I'll be good. Just do that. It was like a year and a half, a year and a half prior to leaving. And then let's say maybe six months after that, I got a new position, which I loved. My boss was amazing. I loved the work. I was back to doing my reporting and everything because prior to that, I was traveling two to three times a month and for two to three days at a time. And I was like going to different airports and performing audits. It was like the most boring job ever. And then I got back into the office full-time and I was creating reports and I was working with a really, really great boss. And um, it literally just fell in my lap. Exactly what I had asked for a year and a half prior fell in my lap because everything was doing so bad at the airline. They were like, you know, we just, we need to get people out. So, (laughs) you know, we're going to offer these packages and see who takes it. And I was like, hi, thanks. Bye. After much deliberation, of course, (laughs) I had to talk to my husband about it because (laughs) it's scary. Yeah. This is some, a check that I was getting on the 5th and the 20th, every single month. I didn't have to think about it. I had health benefits. Well, I still do because they gave it to us. Um, I had health benefits. I could get up and fly anywhere I wanted to at any time. My mom could get up and fly anywhere, anytime she wanted to. And it was, it was safety. I had been there for 10 years. So just the life that you're used to of paying yourself, I mean, of mm-hmm. getting paid twice yeah, a month. The, the, those benefits. Yeah, yeah. The flight benefit alone. <laughs> I'm like, hello, I can, you know, how can I do this? Right. But when, you know, they said that because of my age, plus the time that I had been there, that I would get lifetime flight benefits. That was like, oh, that's <laughs> amazing the, that's like you payment, you right. will that into the universe <laughs> i did right and I, i'm telling you i would pray about it i would like I, I was like i just can't be here this she makes me crazy i can't yeah. do this and when it came i cried and i told my husband like i can't this is what i prayed for and he's like exactly so this is why you have to take it so it was a little So what did you do on day one after leaving? (laughs) (laughs) What did I do on day one? Probably not much. I think I just kind of laid around excited that I didn't have to log on to my computer at 9 a.m. I didn't do much of anything. It was very strange, but literally. It's surreal, right? Yeah. (laughs) Now, at the same time, at some point, I'm sure you sat down and, and had to think through, okay, what does this new normal look like? Were you hoping to replace your income at this point or just grow the business a bit more? What were your thoughts? I was definitely hoping to grow the business. I had had a couple of really good months for sales and influencer campaigns were coming in. Um, not a lot, but enough to make me feel like, okay, I can do more of these and I can make a little bit more money. I figured that once January came around, which is when my um, severance pay would run out, that I should have enough money, whether it's from campaigns or from the business, to to be okay. 
And around this time, um, were you doing anything different on social? Like, I have seen your social media growth. Did this coincide with any particular campaign or like reels? Like, how are you seeing the growth in that area? It's been reels. So that around that time, let's say August, is when I had more time to create. And I just started coming up with these cute little ideas, whether it was color combos or uh, I think I did posing later, but color combos and just styling pieces in different ways. And I started doing those videos and people loved it. It just started to take off as far as my account just growing and growing. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so this is great. Let me do more of these. And I started a posing series, how to pose and more color combinations. And then I added the kids and did some cute videos with the kids. And it just blew up, I felt like overnight. So I woke up one morning, finally at at 30K, this was September Mm -hmm. of 2020. And by December, I was at like 90. (laughs) And I'm like, I know, because I looked one day, just, you know, casually, and I'm like, what the, what? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. I would wake up in the morning like, what? what? $5,000 overnight? Like, what? what is happening right now? It was, it's, it's insane. Like, reels, when you are either providing value mm-hmm. or entertaining, yep, they just really help you grow. Yeah. And Instagram is, you know, prioritizing that in their mm-hmm. algorithm. So, absolutely. And, you know, it can be intimidating for folks. Um, I speak to folks all the time who are still intimidated by Instagram because it's become a thing where, you know, people forget that all marketing comes down to storytelling organically at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. But because there's so many bells and whistle options, it starts to feel like there's no way to just do it organically anymore to just be your authentic self, but you can, I promise you, you can. Do you have any tips for people who are a small business owner and are growing an authentic brand literally out of their apartment (laughs) like yourself (laughs) and, you know, want to be their authentic self? Figure out what it is you want to share and you don't want to share. Because I think a lot of people hear the word, be vulnerable, be authentic, and they think they have to share everything about their lives. And that's totally not the case. Like, my husband and I get into an argument. I'm not sharing that on social media. Like, that's our business for our life. Right. (laughs) But if, you know, I'm sad about missing my dad or something like that, that's something that I'm comfortable with sharing because I would tell anybody that. You know, just figure out what you feel comfortable talking to people about whether it's your friends or stranger uber driver whatever it is and those are the things that you can share on social media knowing that my videos certain videos um, do well like a posing video for instance i'll wear my brand in that posing video and I'll tag my brand in the posing video, which sends people to the brand. And that's how I was able to grow my business page very quickly by using the videos that I know are going to do well, that are going to get maybe 400,000 views or so. Those are all eyeballs that are looking at, oh, this cute outfit that she has on, where did she get that? And then they go over to my business page. So that's another way is if you're talking about something, you're just sharing information, wear something that that you design or wear one of your t-shirts or something like that so that people can get more visuals on 
you yes. wearing the pieces. Love it. So not everyone makes money when they're first starting out. And like you said, you can make revenue for many years, but still not be profitable. So what mm-hmm. has been your experience with Dressed in Joy? Oh, girl. <laughs> I, got, I feel like I got lucky. Well, I won't say it was lucky, but I did well because, like I said, the print was me. And because I was so excited about it and I shared it to my social, which maybe I had 13 or 14K at that time. And people really, really loved it. And I launched a pre-order. And with that first pre-order, I want to say I sold just over 50 hoodies in a weekend. And I was like, what? What? I was hoping to sell 10. How did did we get here? (laughs) So, um, yeah, my first month was was definitely profitable. And then I had some slow months after that because I just wasn't promoting it like I should have. We sometimes think that when we have a business that people get tired of hearing you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And maybe they do, but there are people who will hear you talking about it for the first time, every yep. single time you share it. Yep. So I had to get over that fear of people getting sick of me in order to be more profitable. Let's talk about burnout. Let's talk about burnout now, because when we're working nine to five and we're side hustling, that's something that we're faced. And I know you talked about being so tired while you were pregnant. How have you handled growing a business, juggling um, home business, when you were working, juggling the job, what have you found to be helpful with this? Um, taking breaks and breaks where I'm not thinking about the business because I'm always thinking about the business. <laughs> <laughs> I really had to. Well, okay. So let me let me let me back up and tell the truth. Okay. My husband had to tell me that I need to take some breaks <laughs> because <laughs> I will work myself into the ground oh. and not even think twice about it because I'm doing Mm -hmm. what I love and I enjoy Mm -hmm. it all. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fine. Yay. But my husband was like, girl, listen, stop. We need you. Yeah. So you can't be on your phone all the time. You can't be on computer all the time. Take a break. And, you know, that made me stop and think, I know he's going to listen to this and be like, Oh, what? She listened to me. Um, (laughs) Um, but yeah, that made me stop and think and be like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to take some breaks because working a nine to five, granted, my job was not very stressful at all. Once I yeah. got into that, that other position, it was not stressful at all. So working the nine to five and then coming home and then it's dinner time, it's bath time, it's bedtime, it's family time. And then after the bedtime, then it's more work. And then I'm working on the Saturday and I'm working on the Sunday. And it's just like, I didn't take any breaks. So finally taking the time to just be like, okay, I'm not going to think about work today. I'm not going to answer any emails. I'm going to take these emails off of my phone. That kind of helped me breathe Mm -hmm. a little bit. Did you start hiring help to also help you breathe? Like, so that you're not the one trying to address every email and, Every part of your business. No, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done that yet. I plan to, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard. It's really hard to, it's really hard. (laughs) I know. I know you're preaching to the choir. It is. 
it's a slow process. But I don't think that's a problem per se. I mean, you you got to work at the pace that's right for you to to yeah. figure out. Okay, what what do I really need help with? How do I put that in a job description? And yes. you know, because that, that people don't talk about how hard it can be to figure out how to hire. how to find the right person yeah it's been difficult but it is important to set some time aside to at least get help with the the biggest part like whether that's customer service emails or whatever is draining you the most that's true i think we did that on the home level what do you mean by that so when the um pandemic hit obviously we are home with the kids our three-year-old She's now three, but she was two at the time. She was in daycare every day from eight to six. And then our son was in school and and aftercare. So he was there until we picked him up at like 530. And um, that obviously all changed in March. So um, getting help in the home was like a huge thing for us recently, um, hiring a cleaning lady to come in every other week. So that's one less thing that we're thinking about. We can just do the touch-ups when we need to, and then we have her come in and do a deep cleaning. And then we also hired a sitter to come in with the kids because I was literally here with them all day, every day, trying to do my own work, run my business, and also do homeschool with my six-year-old at the time he was six. And then one after my two-year-old. So it was a madhouse. So hiring help in that capacity helped me to breathe because things at home were being taken care of a little bit more. Okay. Well, that's good. That uh, Yeah. Because there's no way. <laughs> there's no, no. <laughs> So I noticed on your Instagram feed that you have been working with some um, larger influencers and how has that process been for you? Are you doing Beyonce style, like you sending out boxes <laughs> or are people just organically um, buying and posting? That's the thing. People are buying and posting. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know some people who were like, oh my God, Michaela, this is amazing. I'm going to buy one. And then they post it organically because they love it and they want to show it off. Um, The only person that I sent to only two people that I sent to that posted were um, Tabitha Brown, who is, Oh my God, amazing. And Jessica Alba. I sent her a package and she Mm -hmm. posted in her stories. And how do you go about reaching out to people's teams to even offer to send them? So Tabitha, I DM'd her. Sent her a DM girl and um, because she had followed me uh-huh. and was like in some of my stuff. I'm like, oh, she followed me already. Okay. So if I send her a message, she's going to get the notification that I yeah. sent her a message. Yeah. So I just did that. And she was like, oh yeah, send it over. And then she loved it so much. So she bought everything else. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then I have a PR friend in LA who was absolutely amazing. And she's been helping me get my, pieces into the hands of either celebrities or celebrity stylists. So she also got my pieces into the hands of Jason Bolton for a couple of his clients. And he posted on his stories about it as well. Love it. Love it. And I love how things are just coming together, Mm -hmm. Michaela. Like this is your time. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) And 
I want people to know that um, there's no time limit on your dreams. There's no fixed moment in time when you're supposed to quote unquote make it your best years are still unfolding. So don't get discouraged if like, oh, I didn't come up with this idea. I didn't make the Forbes, you know, 30 under 30 or whatever. Right. Like, they need to do a 40 over 40. They need to do a 50 under 50. And, and just, hello, hello. <laughs> like this, it's just not realistic. Um, oh. People make it at all different times. And so I, I love that you're showing that and we're showing that. And, now, you know, we're continuing to show that uh, we're reinventing ourselves every decade. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know if I'm going to be at 60. Like, I might be coming out with a new side hustle. So, y'all stay tuned. So, speaking of that, before we get into the lightning round, I would love to know what is next for Michaela and Dressed in Joy. Oh, what's next? I am, I don't know if I can talk about this. I can't talk about this. Ah, You can't talk um, about this. (laughs) I can. So, I'm working on a capsule collection right now. Yes. And it's not going to be athleisure. I'll say that it's going to be maybe some dresses and or maybe a blouse or mm-hmm. something. So I'm going to be working on that this month of March, which should hopefully be out by the end of this month. So that's what's next for me. I want to, not that I want to move away from athleisure, but I want to kind of go back into what I started with, which is kind of resort wear and seasonless clothing okay. and design some really beautiful printed pieces. Mm. I'm ready. I am ready for resort dressed in joy because yeah. like, I, I can already see it. And I love, <laughs> I don't know who I think I am, but I love some resort wear. I'm like okay. always envisioning myself on somebody's resort and <laughs> In this fabulous outfit. Yeah, I haven't been on a plane since August of 2019. Listen, but I'm still like, I'm still I'm like, I'm where? Bookmarking, like, I need, <laughs> I need that, I need that, and I need that. <laughs> so yeah. I'm here for it. I'm ready. <laughs> so now we're going to jump into the lightning round. You know the deal. Just answer the very first thing that comes into your mind. Are you ready? Ooh, I think so. All right. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you have to share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? The Facebook group, Build Brand Launch. All right. Number two, who is an entrepreneur that you admire and why? I would have to say Kalila Wright of Mess in a Bottle. I just admire her growth and everything that she's done. And I really look at her like, yes, one day I'm going to be there. Number three, what is a non-negotiable part of your daily life? Non-negotiable part. Um, I won't say it's a daily thing, but I, I'm always up early, whether it's to work out or to just have some time to myself, whether it's 15 minutes or an hour, I just need some time alone. <laughs> I hear you. Um, number four, what's a personal habit or a personal trait that helped you significantly when you were side hustling? Optimism. I don't like to to dwell in the negative. So um, just being optimistic and always believing that I can has been extremely helpful in side hustling and now my fully entrepreneurship life. (laughs) And then finally, number five, what is your parting advice for fellow Black women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are scared of stepping away from that steady paycheck? I would say to not compare yourself to others and 
the journey they've had, whether they've had a good one or a bad one, yours is your own. And you can't look at someone else's and think that because they did it this way, you have to, or because they failed at this, you will too. Yours is your own and your path is your own. Amen. And with that, where can people connect with you and Dressed in Joy after this episode? You can find my shop at www.dressedinjoy.com. My business Instagram is Dressed in Joy. And my personal Instagram is Michaela.pabone. All right, you guys. And there you have it. You can find all the show notes for this episode over at sidehustlepro.co slash episodes. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six bullet Saturday newsletter at sidehustleproco newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.